It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join myself and Doug Norrie this week on Wednesday night following the 76ers matchup to get in on the action as we break down, hopefully, a Brooklyn Nets victory. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, obviously, this is normally the spot in the show where we would give you the rundown of, of what we're going to cover over the course of the episode, and this would have been the spot for the post-game coverage uh, for the Nets against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But as most, if not everyone knows, there was yet another incident in Minneapolis between a young black individual and the police. Dante Wright was pulled over and ultimately fatally shot and killed by a police officer. And this occurs along the same time as the trial around George Floyd's murder is taking place. So the Minnesota Timberwolves led the conversation in conjunction with the NBA and ultimately decided to postpone the game. Right up front, we want to communicate that this feels like yet another tragic, disgusting, and disturbing incident that has occurred between a member of the black community and police. And obviously something needs to change in our in our society and in our culture and the way that we take these incidents and then apply the proper response to change things so that it does not happen again and with that though Doug and I discussed what this podcast is and what we want it to be for the fan base and what we think it is for fans of the podcast. And that is a show that talks about the Nets and basketball and the things that are relevant to the team. So we, we do discuss it at the top of the show in regards to the game being postponed. And then we move into discussions around the Nets, around contracts for a player like Elise Johnson and around fantasy basketball and the things that are going on right now for both the Brooklyn Nets and then for Doug and I in the NBA world. And we thought that the most authentic way to show up on the podcast was to obviously address the issue at the top, acknowledge it, and communicate the fact that it is, as I say, for lack of a better word, heartbreaking to see something like this occur and to be something that we continue to see occur. And then to allow for a pause from that and to move into what would be considered our normal basketball conversation. There are a number, obviously, of reputable 
and well-informing news outlets where you can go and see coverage and gain more information and more context around this. And as things come up that pertain to the Brooklyn Nets and to the NBA overall, we'll always provide that information for you on the show. And we hope that this strikes the right balance of acknowledging what is occurring, asserting our perspective on something that does need to see a dramatic shift, and then also providing the thing that that we believe we are meant to bring to you on a daily basis, and that is coverage of the Brooklyn Nets for this podcast and for this network. So we will hear the theme music as we normally do, and then you will hear Doug Norrie and myself as we break down all things Brooklyn Nets basketball. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I'm Doug Norrie. You know the deal. Owner, operator, DFSR.com. Got you covered for all your FanDuel and DraftKings needs for the NBA, MLB as well. And that is Adam Armbrecht, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster, the host of the One Giant podcast covering the football, New York football giants. Buddy, how are we doing? Yeah, spend some time with family over the weekend, which is which is always a nice thing to be able to do. Yeah, and uh, so I'm glad you had a good weekend. And we are here. Uh, you know, he Adam did the solo podcast yesterday. We're here recording this on Monday in a little early, so the timeline is um, different than we thought we were going to do because the news, obviously today, is that the Nets game against the Timberwolves has been postponed because of the. Um, incident that happened. God, incident. I'm gonna. We're gonna just. I'm gonna go through this, and we're just gonna try to. Adam said it at the top. These situations are always really hard. We're a sports podcast, and I want to make sure we toe the line on um, keeping it a net sport, a Nets podcast. But obviously, the Nets aren't playing today. So, or excuse me, aren't playing. Yes, on um, on Monday. So, you know, typically when we were gonna come in after the game and, and give a breakdown, that's not gonna happen. But in the wake of the uh, shooting over the weekend with Dante Wright in the suburb of Minnesota. Minnesota, the came out pretty quickly that, um, well, first Carl Anthony Towns was ruled out for personal reasons. I was actually wondering if that was going to be a la the George Hill personal reasons from the bubble. It turns out that I'm not, they never confirmed if this was the actual case or not, but regardless, it doesn't really matter because the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves issued a statement that said the game against the Nets on Monday was going to be postponed in wake of that shooting uh, and then rescheduled for Tuesday. And so they will end up playing the game but to call attention to uh this incident they both and i'm going to assume it was on both teams right because like minnesota issues the statement but clearly the nets are not giving any pushback around that and so they are deciding to not play the game here on monday and we'll come at you with the post game after the tuesday game and but this is where we are and it's just another frankly shitty situation (laughs) to that the nba is you know making sure that is having attention called to it and that's just kind of where we are with the game right now. So I don't know if you want to you want to ring in here. It's just these situations are really really tough to talk about, especially when you are 
making sure that you know people come here for Nets coverage, and you know there's other podcasts that are going to do a much better job of. Uh, breaking down situations like this and calling attention to them. Uh, that's just not, you know, our, that's not our lane. And we try to stay in the lane of, of then being a Nets podcast. And like I said, but this is the reason the Nets aren't playing here on Monday. Yeah. It's, it's impossible not to address it, obviously. Um, but I think to your point, there, there, I don't consider myself the, the person to be leading a conversation around this. It doesn't change the fact that it feels tragic it feels terrible and something is is in needing of fixing in our culture in our society however you want to think about it but also as you said we 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 believe that when you think about the Brooklyn Nets fan base or the locked on Nets fan base that you're coming to this podcast to hear about the Brooklyn Nets and to talk about basketball and hear about basketball so for what we think is the best intention and use of our time over a 30 minute episode that's what we're going to try to focus on and certainly we encourage people to go other places to have those discussions and and to see the way in which things are going to be impacted by another what at least right now feels like a, a senseless death that, that occurred over the weekend. And we will keep ourselves focused on, on the Nets and, and what it could mean for them going going forward as far as this postponement you mentioned the game gets postponed because they're still going to be in Minnesota. It makes sense to try to to try to play the game before they leave there. And a couple of baseball MLB had another a game of theirs postponed as well. And you start to shuffle the schedule a little bit. The Nets, you can say, are, are available because they have the day off before the Wednesday game against the Philadelphia 76ers. And inside of this, I, you know, going back to the, the solo episode that I I triumphantly brought home, I felt like, <laughs> the day prior. Um, I covered a lot of things around injuries. Obviously, it was going to be a game off for LaMarcus Aldridge due to injury. He's had personal reasons for Kyrie. He's had a few of those come up in in the recent weeks. And there's and there's a couple other you know injury notes around a few other players here for, for the Brooklyn Nets roster. And it this has kind of been the ongoing role for the last handful of weeks, you know, one guy up, one guy out, roll guy in, roll guy back. And it, it doesn't seem like the Nets can fully get onto a steady footing with the superstars or with some of those key, you know, bench players that we've seen coming in for, for some significant minutes. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll say one more thing about this situation too, with this game. I, one thing I'm actually, I'm not going to be able to tolerate from any F- Nets fans um, is any complaints about having to now play a back-to-back against the Sixers. Like I've already seen, this is the one take that I, I'm going to, I'm going to lump this into a basketball take because I think that's what it is. And it's, um, I, I just can't, I, I just don't think I can hear from anybody and saying, oh, this is BS. Now they got to play a back-to-back before they play Philly. And that game's important because uh, for whatever, even if even if you're trying to keep this thing in a basketball frame of mind, this like that's a basketball related take, and I don't know. It's like it just feels like such bad juju to have that be the takeaway from <laughs> from something where the game gets postponed. It's obviously not not something anybody wants to do. No one would, no one in their right mind would ever vote to you know take a day off and move a game back, no matter what the reason was, whether it was a social stance, um, a physical stance, like whatever the thing is. But I've already seen this sort of bandied about on Twitter, and I don't know, I'm not like I need to have the Twitter vocal minority become what is speaking for all Mets fans, because it likely isn't. But the fact, but sometimes it can be influential. And the fact that I've seen sort of some people throw out there that this is like, does harm to the Nets season chances that they're going to have to now sit one of the guys on a back-to-back like just don't don't do that right <laughs> like have, yeah, have I'm a pretty, take I'm have, pretty off have a board Nets take. on that type of opinion yeah it's just like have a Nets take 
I don't know. It's just like a game in April. Like, there's a reason they sat the game out. This wasn't just because there was a leak in the roof or something like that, right? <laughs> like, this is not like the like. And let's be clear. By the way, these are probably the same type of fans that would talk about other games over the last two weeks, next two I, weeks, whatever it is, who'd yeah, say none of these games that, matter, right? Yeah, I saw people that weren't even fans. I don't know. Whatever. It's just like it's just an odd take. I, so anyway, so whatever you want to have anything that Nets related. If, yeah, they got to play a back to back. The travel thing it sucks, obviously. Um, but it's really feels like it should be pretty gosh darn far down on the list of like takeaways from the reason behind sitting the game so anyway if you're gonna if you're gonna go throw a comment out there or whatever maybe just don't be worried about the back-to-back with whether Kevin Durant can play both games I don't know if that's uh I don't know if that's the point <laughs> of, of this whole thing all right we got some other stuff to talk about I want to talk about uh some of these roster moves they've made here in the short term got some fantasy basketball stuff to talk about as well uh, on the rest of the podcast. Uh, first, going to talk to you about our friends over on Locker Room. Adam mentioned this at the beginning of the show. We're going to be on Locker Room following the Philly game on Wednesday. Should be a good one. Top of the Eastern Conference, uh, Philadelphia and the Nets both. And so that's this game probably has some playoff implications. Uh, some of the few implications sort of near the end of this season. We're going to be jumping in to Locker Room. Locker Room, perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. We've been jumping in there once a week, talking to fans, uh, bringing, doing an episode in there and then bringing fans on to talk just hoops it's just fun we end up going for a decent amount of time afterwards each time and like i said we'll be hosting one wednesday evening you have a chance to chat with adam and i and featured a chance excuse me to be featured on the locked on nets podcast as well so make sure you join us this week on wednesday go download the free locker room app now which is currently available on all ios devices be sure to create a profile link to your twitter join the nba group for the latest league updates and you can follow us at, at Locked on Nets, and you'll know when we go live. Can't wait to hear from everyone's thoughts on the Nets. See you there on Wednesday, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Also have to talk to you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Buying car parts these days can be a pain. It's a hassle. You don't know if you're getting the right part. You don't know if you're getting the right price. You don't even know if it's the exact thing that's right for your car or truck. None of that is a concern when you are over at Rock Auto. It's been family owned and operated for years now, decades, even 20 years. And you know, when you go to rockauto.com, you're going to find the simplest way to shop for auto parts. And you're also going to find the best deals out there. It's a drag and uh, drop down menu where you just type in the make and model of your car year. It's going to give you a drop down menu about all the different parts your car is going to need. Go find it, click on it. Know you're going to get a price 30 or even 50% better than some of the competitors out there. Much better, much cleaner, much more focused than that local place where you go to where they can disappear into the cavern only to return with some unmarked box and telling you it's the right part. And you don't even know until you try to put it in your car. Not rock auto. It's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I've used it already a ton for both car and truck, so I can vouch for how just how easy it is over there on rockauto.com. And all you have to do right now is when you're on rockauto.com and they say, how did you hear about us? Just type in locked on into that box and they'll know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And of course, you can get all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help from all of our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts fulfilled. One of the things that I talked about on my solo pod 
was around the injuries and then just kind of general team updates, right? And that was another role player. And as a Homer kind of fan, people know if you listen to the podcast that I can get excited about a player no matter how few minutes he gets or sample size. And a lot of fans, I think, maybe got, you know, put the card a little bit before the horse on on Elise Johnson in terms of what his value may be in the big picture, but he was rewarded after two 10-day contracts. Basically, that becomes the point where either you're committing to them uh, to a player long-term or at least for the remainder of the season, or they're going to be able to potentially get picked up by another roster. Interestingly enough, the Nets go multi-year deal. The 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 spread of the details are four point up to four point one million over a multi-year contract. That's as deep as the information goes at this point. But I did want to get your your perspective on him because I refer to him for me as kind of a, a bigger version of Bruce Brown in the sense of high energy guy does some things well and can come in for some quality minutes if you need him. Is there is there anything more there that you're seeing in him potentially, whether it's short term this season or even you know bigger picture? Is he just is he another developmental player that the Brooklyn Nets have found off someone else's scrap heap and they may have real value to turn out of him. Well, and I will say, so, I mean, in terms of like, you know, franchise changing talents, uh, that's not who this is. So I don't think anyone, we can probably start, we at least can start there and say, this is a, in the end, an end of the bench guy. They've really shuttled it. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They've shuttled in and out a bunch of these guys this season to varying levels of success. You know, we had the Andre Roberson piece. It didn't really work out. You know, we had Shumpert there. He wasn't able to stay healthy. Like, they moved some of these pieces in and out. You know, Reggie Perry's gotten some minutes, but not really. I know that's a draft pick, so it's a little bit different. But these end-of-the-bench guys are – they kind of all end up being who you think they're going to be <laughs> when it's all said and done. Now – Unlike other years where these guys really never mattered unless you were fully in the tank because you were just trying to look at what you could get out of some young guys late in the season or you were just trying to subtly lose games near the end because you wanted to shoot for draft picks. These guys have become more important over the course of this last year just because the schedule is such a mess that Mm. because the games are so the, the schedule is so packed in and so many teams are just resting guys that these guys, this is crazy. I mean, for, like I said, from a person who's followed this stuff as much as anybody in the world over the last couple of years in terms of player minutes and rotations and figuring out who's going to play this year, usually what's happened this year, I'm going to get back to Elise Johnson in a second, but what's happened this year is almost all year, like what usually just happens in the last two weeks of a season <laughs> when teams are just tanking or they're resting <laughs> right. for the playoffs. Usually this kind of disaster minutes is reserved for, like I said, those last two weeks when half the teams are trying to lose and the other half of the teams are trying to rest. And then there's like three teams that it matters for, and that's kind of it. Now it's it's happening like this every night where you just get full teams sitting. And like, you know, Milwaukee plays the end of the bench, guys. Toronto played a total skeleton crew the other night. So this year, more than any other year, these guys really actually do kind of end up mattering because they've just had to play more than they've ever had to in the past. And so bringing this back to Elise Johnson, when you actually can get a guy that you essentially got off the scrap heap, you know, midway or more through the season, and he actually comes in to the point where you you know you can make even a, at a minimum number because I'm sure that 4.1 million has like it's a heavily incentive laden. I doubt it's anything more than the minimum minimum contracts and then you know incentives on top of that if he ends up actually playing a lot the the fact that you can actually commit to a guy late in the season actually is relevant because these guys have mattered more in the past so right. bringing it all the way back to him and i know i'm going long-winded with this but he 
the fact that he's energetic, has looked competent, and doesn't just totally kill you, that is saying something for a team that's in contention that they were able to find a guy like this like out of nowhere late in the season. And, yeah, does, and is he, does he go win the championship? No. But again, these guys are more important this year than they have been any other year. Yeah, you know, and looking over the roster again, because we talked about it, and I, I, I said some of my disappointment when Jared Allen was traded away, just from the standpoint of this is the, you know, the cost of going after championships and having veteran superstar teams, and then you want to bring in veterans around them because you want to know what you have when you go for the championship run. But when you look over the roster and you pull out, and these are guys that are, except, you know, Claxton and Reggie Perry, both draft picks, two players that are both 21 years old, Shamit and Brown both acquired coming into this season, both 24 years old. And if you throw Elise Johnson into that mix at 24, it is nice. I'm leaving out Timothy Lulu Cabarro at 25 because we haven't been necessarily enamored with him. But you have four guys on this roster that are young players that I think, you know, if Elise Johnson had been on this roster since the start of the year, I think we could have some of the same positive feelings about him that we have around Claxton or Brown or Shamit, right? Or any of these young players. And it's good if you're the Brooklyn Nets to be able to stand there and say, listen, it's all about winning the championship this year, but also we have the, we have a handful of young, talented players that could be a part of what we do short and long-term. I mean, and I know maybe that's a stretch for me, you know, for me to say that around some of these guys, because if you told me after this season, the Nets win the championship and then they need to make more moves to get more talent, all four of those players go out the door. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me because it's going to be about winning more championships. But at some point, you're going to need to have some other pieces in place, some young talent to carry forward in Brooklyn. And I, I would be happy if it was, you know, three or three or four of these players that I listed there. So I always like to see it. I, I, and I know that you'll, <laughs> and you, you, Doug's usually right, by the way, when he pushes back and says, yeah, don't get too in love with that guy because he's probably not going to be here in two seasons or whatever the case may be. But I always like to know that there is some optimism around youth because there's bad teams that don't have superstars that aren't going to win championships and also don't have young talent. So oh, yeah. the fact that the Nets are doing both, I think, is is impressive in and of itself. Hey, you could be the Orlando Magic right now, and you're like, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. now look, it was all, that was kind of part of their plan. They're blowing it up. So I, it's it, that's part of the when you begin a multi year retool, you're going to have rock bottom talent to start because that there's just no other way to do it, right? You need just need to you need to start playing the James Ennis's and Dwayne Bacon's of the world just because hey, the season has to finish, and you know we're still an NBA team even though. If, doesn't really appear that way when they, when they, they won't let us check out for the last 20 games. I mean, they that, basically, when you, when you, when you start the guys that I just mentioned, you basically have, but there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's still, yeah, again, contractual obligations around playing all 72 games for the, for the magic. So it, it has to happen at some point and you do have to retool. And, and like I said, it matters a little bit more for the way these rosters are constructed now because one, they're deeper. So these are, you know, parts of the season where you're just getting, you're, you're, you're thinking about more guys because there's more the active rosters are, are bigger at this point because they had to expand right. them because of the way, again, this disaster schedule has kind of worked. So when you can find these random dudes, again, I'm, I, I say scrap heap with all the love in the world for, for, for where these guys come from, right? Because um, there's a reason that— Joe Harris was a scrap heap guy, right? So you, you can, if you're a good organization, you can find someone from a scrap heap that becomes very— I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be Joe Harris, but that's how you do— 
get a, a talent that nobody else saw. If you have the right system, all of a sudden you get incredible value out of a player that other teams, bad run organizations, we go back to this all the time, right? If you're a bad run organization, you don't realize how good Joe Harris can be or that you should at least give him a bunch of minutes so other teams see how good he is and you can trade him for real valuable assets. Instead, he just kind of casually strolls over to Brooklyn and then earns this massive contract, right? So that that's, I think, the vein that you can try to achieve with these you know, flyers on guys. Like you said, it's not being disrespectful. It's just guys that so far haven't been able to catch on. And then they do. Spencer Dinwiddie was one of these guys too, by the way, you know, for all intents and purposes. And we've we've forgotten about him because of the injury. He also falls into that category, even though, you know, being 27 at this point and most likely heading for greener pastures. Yeah. How many teams passed on Christian Wood before they eventually just figured out that someone figured out that he's like, oh, really, really good. And we want to pay him a lot of money on a multi-year contract. I'm not saying Elise Johnson is this player. It's just why you continue to take bites at this proverbial apple because teams just make mistakes on guys also. you can Sometimes it can, the mistake can be made many times in a row. Sometimes it doesn't click for a player until they've made a bunch, you know, they've run th- been run through the ringer for a couple different teams. And so there's right. always justification for continuing to try to make these moves. Most times they will not work. Most times, most of those other teams were correct. This is not a vi- good viable talent. And eventually there's just going to be guys that, um, that other teams were wrong about. Also, good organizations like the Nets, you know, the Heat are like this also, are just able to take guys and just make them better because the organization just has its S together more than other places. <laughs> so, you know, has good infrastructure. Well, and into your, by the way, to your point, though, it's like Musa, Kuruks, right? Those were bites at the apple. Yeah. Jared Allen and Nicholas Claxton were juicier bites at that apple, but they were all the same yeah. thing. They were all bites at this apple. Some of them were just worked out better than not. And and the Nets were as good as they have been as an organization in the past handful of years. They they're still missing on these as Everyone well. Everyone does. Everyone misses. You you, yeah. you you can't help it. The numbers are never going to work out any other way. You're going to take lots of misses, but you're just hoping that you're just going to have a few more hits uh, than some of those other teams. And when you're a good team that attracts really good talent and really just good personnel you will and your your batting average will just end up being higher than some of these other teams whether that happens for Lise Johnson in the end remains to be seen but they obviously saw something and it was enough to make sure he's around for this year and the next we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy basketball here in a second something we haven't talked too much about uh, but first got to talk to you about our friends over at betonline.ag Look, you want to get a little action in on the game. This is what we kind of want to do as fans. Sometimes it can make it a little bit more interesting. Maybe you just got a hunch and you just know that this is what you have a feeling something's going to happen in a game and you want to get some betting action in on it. You got to head on over to Bet Online. NBA action every single night, plus all the props, long odds that you could ever kind of take a swing at. They have NHL. MLB obviously happening every single day. All the sports you could ever imagine, all the prop bets you could ever imagine too. Reality TV, maybe you want to get away from sports and into some award shows. Bet Online has you covered over there as well. Real updated, real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine, plus news and scores too. So it's just kind of a one stop shop for your betting needs. Head on over to betonline.ag, create an account. You can do that for free, but then if you want to make that first deposit, know that you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code Locked On, just like our podcast network, Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And I've got a hunch that if you want to get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft, you got to do it by listening to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, talking scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, Full coverage on all those talented players coming out four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast needs fulfilled. Now, you know who he is. Doug Norrie, owner-operator, DFSR. Have you ever heard Adam Armbrecht mention daily fantasy or fantasy basketball guru at the top of the show? You haven't. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm going to answer for Doug. You haven't heard that. And yet... Douglas, somehow, after having also, by the way, confirming I don't have any fantasy background by having a disastrous draft, <laughs> I, I forced my way, clawing into the top four seeds of the Locked On Network Fantasy Basketball League. We can talk about the fact that you're the second seed, and that's fantastic, and that you beat out Josh Lloyd, you know, a host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast here on the network. But let's to be focused, feel free to shower me in accolades, because I did everything, probably close to everything you could do wrong from a draft perspective, and yet here I stand in a four seed in the semifinals. Yeah, the, it was a fun draft when we did it. Uh, we felt like the pressure was on a little bit, because when you were with Josh Lloyd, He's one of the you know biggest and best fantasy analysts there are, especially when it comes to season long bas- uh, fantasy basketball that there is out there. So when you're competing with, I've been with a lot of questions live, by the way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, just you know, why, why'd you do that? I was, I was like, whoa, 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 easy, Josh. I, you know, I saw the name and yeah, I took a sip of soda. I didn't realize what happened. I clicked draft. That's why I ended up with Blake Griffin at the start of the season. Just to be clear. Yeah, the draft was a little intimidating for sure, which is when, and I'm used to talking about this stuff, uh, you know, pretty much on a daily basis or thinking about it also just in terms of how players affect other players and which guys are being lined for value in a certain season. And even get, jumping on with Josh, even for me, was, uh, was for sure, was for sure uh, a little bit intimidating. But in the end, we're competing with uh, some of the other guys that are doing the locked on uh, or a lot, excuse me, on the locked on network. I think it was probably always expected that Josh would finish in that top four heading for the playoffs. Because if you haven't done fantasy basketball, I've always said this in terms of just being a fan. I don't think it's fantasy sometimes can throw you off around actual talent and stuff. So I'm not sure it's a good. It's not fantasy basketball is not always a good proxy for who's actually good at real basketball. Like that's not. Um, a great starting point if you want to know that because it's very easy for middling players on bad teams, for instance, to put up a lot of numbers <laughs> and it will look like a player is really good. I will say that aside, it's a really fun way to just follow basketball in general and will end up and have you end up tuning in to probably more games than you would have thought you would have over the course of the season, especially if you're just a fan of one team, because you just want to kind of see how other guys do. And with fantasy basketball too, if you were able to withstand the grind of sort of a daily moves schedule, which you did really well, um, 
Oh yeah, if you're not if you're not doing a DFS space, like, I think it could be kind of tough. You did it pretty well. We have oh, some yeah. other ones in our uh, in our listener league, which we're going to talk about in a second. BK Way, Leah, uh, really really good. Uh, some other teams that are good out there that are into that daily grind of just you know who's going to be good in a certain situation. But I think I think in general that is where fantasy basketball, really any fantasy sport, can just help you be a better fan. I think just kind of give an idea of. You know who's out there, what other teams are doing, who's playing on a given night, why some other teams might be struggling. Fantasy basketball definitely helps you stay abreast of those situations. Um, and then, you know, you can be like me too. They're just going to finish near the top no matter what because uh, that's just that's just kind of what I do. <laughs> that was impre- impressive. I didn't know how long you, you would push off until you got there. I think the one thing you did you did say just in terms of the NBA, uh, you know, rookie players is something that I think I've done one or two other, uh, specifically fantasy basketball, you know, leagues. I've done NFL ones uh, a bunch, but it's funny the perception of rookies because you said it I think early around the draft and I, I I took it in like a grain of salt you know Doug Norrie oh words of wisdom from Doug Norrie in one ear out the other essentially but rookies are really volatile from a fantasy standpoint because they're going to have those growing pains and from a fan po- standpoint or from a team standpoint when a rookie has a bad couple of nights that doesn't impact your overall thought on the play you, you just look at it as here's a guy who's developing over the course of a season from a fantasy perspective like there's players that you know not not fully in my mind in real life but in fantasy in my fantasy mind I've dumpstered these guys months ago. They're total zeros. They may never, they should never, they should be written off and out of the league and they could end up being, you know, rookie of the year candidates or potential contributors on playoff teams or big, you know, key starters down the line. But it only takes one week where you go, this dude shot, you know, 32% from the field. And he, you think that you're going to make my roster? No, 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 good sir. So that, that's been a, a way to learn about more players for me, but also, understanding that I'm probably going to have to walk back and relook at how those players were in real life and how their NBA careers actually play out, which is something that I think NFL was a very clear barometer of that for a number of years. You could have borderline disastrous players whose fantasy value was through the roof. Yeah, like, you know, running backs, you know, the, the handcuff running backs is a situation that's been like this for years, right, in football. Where right. It's, um, is that guy really good now? Are they pretty replaceable? Yeah, and unfortunately that ends up actually, from a statistical standpoint, a lot of times being the case with NBA players is that those guys are, a lot of players are just replaceable. Which is why sometimes, again, maybe this is where I'm coming at the not getting too excited about certain guys, especially if they just happen to put up numbers in a game. Because, again, I had the list is almost infinity long of guys I've seen do this on every other team throughout the you know last half decade plus of watching these games like or watching these sort of fantasy lines on any given night like we're not too far removed from like Mason Plumlee being like one of the best fantasy centers of all time right okay where are we now with him uh, right Ge- Georgie Dang went through an unbelievable run like this <laughs> with just like with the Timberwolves where he was just playing 35 minutes a night and just like looked like a 20 and 10 guy for the rest of his life and now he's just buried on the Timberwolves or actually not in the Timberwolves he's in the Spurs now he got released but th- my point being like where are you even where, where is he now <laughs> right it's just basically <laughs> these guys like these uh this can just happen so anyway fantasy basketball is fun um in the fantasy uh excuse me in the locked on league uh i we both ended up in the playoffs in our in our listener league buddy i don't think it's gonna end the same for you it doesn't it's not i'm not sure how many teams make the playoffs here uh obviously i'm uh in 
Well, tied for second, a little, little bit embarrassing. Should be tied, should be in first. Well, well no, it's not all tied for first, but I'm losing the points. Uh, I'm losing the points tiebreaker. And then you're, so you're not I have first. to scroll Got all it. the way. I keep forgetting what your name is, but I have to scroll pretty far down for your name on this one. Not looking as good for you in the well, locked on uh, listener league, but I'm also not sure how many teams make the playoffs. So maybe maybe you'll probably end up changing the rules so you get in the playoffs. I'm not sure because you're, the, you're the, also the commissioner of that league. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if I, yeah, ooh, yeah, something sly maybe on the back door here. I changed my, by the way, the name is Inigo's Revenge. Princess Bride fans, you should get the reference because I did. Again, same methodology as the other league. Just have a really bad draft and then battle your way back. Unfortunately, the results haven't been quite the same in the in the fan league. By the way, Danny, who's BK uh, Wele, he won in our previous iteration of the podcast. He won that fantasy league, and he is in a great position to take this one down too. You've sung his praises uh, as far as being on top of waiver wire. You see him making moves and picking up guys seemingly just before big news breaks or just before the injury update comes out that lets you know a role player is going to get thrust into big starting minutes. So he's done a fantastic job for himself i have a couple buddies in there i don't even know if you if you know this but uh uh, you know mutual friend of ours andy makowitz is in that league he's not doing great but he is there is he i didn't even realize that that. yeah he's big mac big mac's team yeah he's down and well by the way but the reason why just to be clear here shout out to andy makowitz uh co-host on the the one giant podcast the reason why you don't probably know that he's in the league is because he's in ninth place behind me and i know doug nori he focuses on the top four or five teams. Who's a threat to my title, my crown? Everyone else kind of goes by the wayside. Yeah, I can't be like scrolling all the way down to the bottom of these lists. Because like, like, frankly, <laughs> who cares? I just like, I, I gotta, I'm concerned with the top of the mountain. And that's really all that I am. I, everyone else can kind of hang out near the bottom uh, in your own little uh, you know, loser corner. But I'm going to I'm, I'm shooting for the, for the W's here. All right, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back again tomorrow following uh, the Nets Timberwolves game when they play on two or excuse me when you listen to this today Tuesday evening in the meantime make sure you rate and review the podcast wherever you listen five stars or a bust helps us keep those numbers climbing baby these numbers have been really good over the last couple weeks really appreciative to all the new people that have apparently jumped on board because the numbers continue to climb so rate and review the podcast wherever you listen a truly strong person does not need the approval of others any more than a lion needs the approval of sheep Vernon Howard Ah, one of the great American poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.